You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Hello, music fans. You are in luck because you are listening to the Modern Musicology Podcast. And my name is Alan. I am here with uh, two of my co-hosts, Rob Levy. Hey, sup? And Stephanie Seymour. Hello, everybody. And our fourth, Anthony Williams, is still on leave of absence. And we wish him the best and miss him and can't wait for him to come back. But Stephanie, you brought us a friend. I brought my friend, my fabulous friend, Jerry Schramm, who I've known for a long, long time um, in another universe, not the musical universe, but the medical copy editing universe. But (laughs) Jerry and I share a love of music and uh, Jerry has done his something for nothing podcast for three years. It's a rush podcast. And they just, I'm well aware they just I wrapped love that it up. podcast, buddy. Oh, thanks. Yeah, they just wrapped it up after 175 episodes. Wow, Jerry. I know. Tell me about it. Yeah. <laughs> it was a hard decision, but also a relatively easy one after 175 episodes. Go I see, ahead. Alan, you have a 2112 album behind you. Look at that. Yep. Yep. So welcome, Represent. Jerry. We're psyched that you're here. <laughs> so after 175 episodes, you're like, what else are we going to talk about, about Rush? Yeah, well, we actually didn't want to get to that point. We I wanted to get yeah. to the point where we still had things to talk about. So we weren't, you know, like yeah. scraping the, the bottom of the barrel by <laughs> episode 200. Like Getty's dog, dog walker or something. I was going to say, like, I mean? what are Getty sh- what color shoes does Getty wear? Yeah. Right. <laughs> what color are Alex's eyes? Let's have a- <laughs> right. Well, it's a great show, and any Rush fan who hears this should go and check it out, because even though if you're not doing it any longer, you there's 175 episodes to, to check out, so I highly recommend it. Thanks, I appreciate the kind words. Okay, so this week, we have... Okay, so first let me say that, the, uh, that we're recording the show on February 5th, so earlier this week the rock and roll hall of fame announced this year's nominees for possible induction into the rock and roll hall of fame so i'm just gonna read the list in well i was gonna say no particular order but actually i'm looking at the page that has the results of the fan vote so this is in fan vote order so far so um here are the nominees for this year's class of rock and roll hall of fame george michael Cindy Lauper, Soundgarden, Willie Nelson, Iron Maiden, Warren Zevon, Rage Against the Machine, Joy Division slash New Order, Cheryl Crow, Kate Bush, The Spinners, White Stripes, Missy Elliott, and A Tribe Called Quest. So that's our that's our list for this year. What do y'all think about it? First, I just want to say straight out. out of the gate when I look, cause I've been voting pretty much every day. And I just, I'm shocked that Kate Bush isn't, isn't higher than she is right now, especially yeah, because of the stranger thing. It's just shocking to me. I don't know. Me is too. anyone else? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think when um, there are like heavy metal bands, mm-hmm. like Iron right. Maiden on the list, I think that their fans just exactly. come out of the woodwork and are just like, let's get, you know, let's get some real rock and roll in the Rock and Roll <laughs> Hall of Fame type of thing. That is the predominant attitude. I think every so. single year. Because they're Soundgarden too, right up right. there. But all, but right. then you would sort of think Rage would be. I don't know. Well, but but you're right about the real like metal metal fans. Right. Yeah. But I think I think a lot of this gets driven each year by the sort of like the classic rock fans, you know, mm-hmm. and. What's interesting is that when the list first came out and the fan vote first opened, Cindy Lauper, and this happened last year too, uh, with Pat Benatar. Cindy Lauper mm-hmm. was far and away the the leader in the fan vote. 
and like nobody was close in second place. And then George Michael picked up steam and he's now the top of the list by like 1500 votes or something like that. Um, so, you know, it's fun to watch this kind of change as it goes along. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure like it will fluctuate a lot, but I just, I don't know, to me, it's, it almost seems like it's going to be an impossibility for like Kate Bush to get in. And I think she totally desert. I mean, not that I don't think Soundgarden deserves it, but I think Kate Bush deserves it more. So I don't know. There is definitely, they've overlooked so many people for so long. Yeah. Not that, not, I mean, they have to leave somebody out every year, but they exactly. seem to leave a lot of people out every year. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, someone like Kate Bush though, does not have the fan base or at least the vocal fan base that, you know, yeah. Soundgarden still has, believe it or not. And I honestly think that, and I, this might be the case with Iron Maiden as well. I, I don't know that Iron Maiden will get inducted in the by the voting body. Right. I think that Iron Maiden, and especially Kate Bush, the way that she's going to get in is that the the special committees are the ones who put her in, whether it be like under the musical influence award or the lifetime achievement award or the excellence in whatever. I think that that's how Kate Bush is going to get put in. I don't think it'll ever be by the voting body, but I think this year, according to the voting committee, I think that this year is the strongest possibility she will ever have of, of getting voted in outright. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I said last year when them, this is her fourth nomination and that doesn't happen very often. So I think that in itself tells you that there is a strength going into this year. But I remember last year I was saying, you know, when she didn't get in and then the stranger things happened. Yeah. I was like, had this happened six months earlier, I think that that would have pushed her over the the top. So here's the fundamental problem with the Hall of Fame. Um, one of them. Yeah, well, one. If I were to pick one fundamental problem with the Hall right. of Fame, it <laughs> is that generally most Hall of Fames around the world, critics and industry people put everyone in. The fan vote is killing this thing because people are voting for names they recognize. Oh, yeah. Rather than. So I think Kate Bush has a chance to get in if you eliminate the fan vote. And I understand the fan vote is designed to get people interested, but honestly, um, the people that are voting most nine out of 10 times are not musically knowledgeable, don't have any depth of anything all, older than 15 years, and they're going by name recognition. So I think we need to look at that because they did, they did polls and statistics the last two years on the age groups of people who voted and different things that they were doing. And they're finding that the people that are voting are voting for artists that they recognize within the last 12 to 15 years and that they're not voting for legacy band, legacy artists and they're not voting for artists that don't have quote unquote commercial chart success. So people like Willie Nelson, for example, or Kate Bush who don't have rock chart success are kind of getting lost, lost a well, little bit. But, well, but Willie Nelson is number four in the four. fan vote. Yeah. But, but people know who he is. He's a cultural thing rather than even if you don't yeah. know his music, you know who Willie Nelson is. Well, the but, thing about uh, Willie, too, is that he's got the Country Music Hall of Fame lobbying to get him in. Mm -hmm. um, he's got all Dolly Parton's people from last year lobbying to get him. He's got a massive lobby of online people that are trying to get him in, like the metal crowd that you had mentioned before. So I think that's the key to it. But when, when also talking about, you know, artists from the last 15 or whatever years like that's the people that uh, that's the the things that people who know f recent music are going to vote for white stripes is at the bottom i know yeah. and yeah, I, that that's what weird. i mean and, and, i'm okay with that well i'm not, I, I i kind of agree because i think that they're you know you have to be 25 years in your career to be eligible but i, I there's a perception that they're too new you know, well, that they haven't that they haven't acquired the status that other things have. My problem with the White Stripes is and I love the White Stripes. Right. But the problem is they only put out six records. Right. Their act their, their active dates are 97. Their most active dates are 97 to 2011. Right. But you, you hold up that body of work against Iron Maiden or, right. or exactly. Zivon. 
right? right. Or really, no, I mean, that, that's the thing. It's like, but I have to disagree in a one way because George Michael has only like five, had five albums out. I mean, he well, had he also two, has the two whole more legacy, with Wham. But he has the whole legacy of Wham, too. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think all, all this, two records of Wham. But I mean, <laughs> I think that this might have played out differently had it been Jack White inducted yes. or nominated instead of under the name The White Stripes. Right. Mm-hmm. The other thing you have to remember, though, that this is just the fan vote exactly. that we're seeing. Yeah. Right. There's, uh, I don't know how many industry people, maybe a thousand, if that, vote. Yeah. So the fan vote is diluted considerably. So we're just seeing. You know, like Rob said, the the popular, the popular names. Does yeah. the industry vote then get weighed more heavily than the the fan votes? You know what I mean? The, I think the fan vote is just one vote mm-hmm. among all of the it other is. votes. It is oh. exactly, and so like, it doesn't it doesn't come into play at all, right? Unless, like, if you are inducting ten people and two of them are at a tie when the voting body cast their vote, and gotcha. you have eleven people trying to fill that ten slot mm-hmm. then the fan vote can weigh toward one of those two ties to break the tie mm-hmm. right but and that's like, the only time that the fan vote counts but, yeah i mean there's like at least 500 people so basically yeah. with the fan vote there's 501 votes right <laughs> right five hundredth it vote. might be, be tie breaking somebody right right exactly. right right <laughs> Um, I also think one other thing that I was just thinking about in general as I was looking at this list and and I, as I think about it every year, I mean, I really think it shouldn't be called the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I feel like they should change it to like the Popular Music Hall of Fame. I really do because they're they're inducting a broad swath of popular music. You know, yes. they don't they don't put classical artists in here. They don't, you know, stuff like that. But, you know, there's rap, there's country, there's rock, there's you know, alternative, there's everything. And it should just, it, it's like a misnomer at this point. Right. Well, I, 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 yeah. Kind of. I mean, the term rock and roll, when it originated, didn't mean guitars and bass and drums. It was it was black music, basically. Mm-hmm. Right. So I, I don't really have, if you say hmm. rock, then you're talking about <laughs> the classic rock thing and the guitars and the bass and everything. When you say rock and roll, you're it's sort of yeah, a big true. umbrella. You know what I mean? That, yeah. That's true. And I think that's that true. people get mm-hmm. stuck on that point. Not you. I'm saying like yeah. the, the public. Yeah, Steph, you're stuck. Who are, you know, <laughs> get out on, of that Steph. mindset. Stuff. <laughs> the, the best first, the best description I've heard for naming it is somebody uh, who was a critic was talking about this once on on one of the one of the news networks and they said that they could call it the rock and roll hall of fame of popular music mm. and put that at the end rather than at the beginning because then you still keep the rock and roll that's uh, interesting yeah which yeah. I, which i think i you know it's it's a tricky thing because i think you're right steph it's got to get named correctly but at the same time i'd rather them focus the attention the debate on what we're naming it to what artists should be in and shouldn't be in it yeah right yeah um yeah. That was just it was just a sort of a thought as I was yeah, looking I know. at the list and I know. And at this point it will never ever get renamed. So yeah. yeah. You know. <laughs> so my idea, strike that from the record. <laughs> I'm sure they'll take it under consideration. I think everybody yeah. I think everybody who votes, right? The eleven hundred and eighteen <laughs> people that vote, um mm. I would venture to say at least eight hundred of them think it's a misnamed mm. thing. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, like this class in particular. Like we said, not many of them have a, a long career, have a great, you know, influential pedigree. Right. Very few of them. So right. I don't know how that will play into. You, you, into you know what I think there. is really interesting is Cindy Lauper, because right. basically, I'm just going to be honest here. She had two albums oh. that were big hit albums, her first two ones. And everything after that is like her writing as a cultural icon. Don't you know, forget, don't forget Kinky Boots. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, well, I, mean, I was going to get to that too because <laughs> because that is definitely an aspect, but it's not really what's kind of considered as material that gets you into a rock and roll hall of fame. Right. So I think her career is so interesting, and she's she's basically built more on a touring artist and getting involved in these other things. She mm-hmm. did a country album. She did a, you know, just all kinds of different things. And also a songwriter, it, you know, yeah, 
yeah, yeah. some, yeah. but it's just interesting that, and, and when, when the, when the list got first announced, I thought Cindy is a 100% getting in this year. Like there's not going to be one of those, Oh, I didn't make it. I hope I get nominated again another year. I, I don't think that's going to be the case. I think she's going to be like a shoe in, but it's just interesting that as far as like being a, a, a big musical presence, it didn't really last that long. Don't you yeah. feel like that the same way about Soundgarden? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, if if, I think if you're talking about though, well, I guess in it, it, but not cultural influence as yeah. on music in general, sure. like a sure. uh, long range kind of influence. I think Soundgarden, you could argue, is one of those bands. Right. You know, they they were there at well, the beginning of the whole grunge movement or whatever. Yeah. They weren't the the biggest band, but you know, they were. You know, they laid the foundation for something that basically changed music from that I would, on. I would argue, to a certain extent, Missy Elliott, mm -hmm. um, just because the profound. Um, when I was working in a record store, I would say I almost probably sold a Missy record, Missy Elliott record, every day I worked there at some point. Um, Tribe Called Quest is usually influential I on know, I can't later hip hop, but I'm not sure. I, it's the white stripes thing. I'm not sure they've been around that long. No, right? they've been around that long. They have. It's no, just I just mean in terms of other things, right? Oh yeah, um, like just yeah. In yeah. terms of albums as well, right? Yeah, yeah. and you know the Spinners are grossly underrated as an R&B group, mm -hmm. right? Um, the problem with the Spinners is that they had the OJ's, the Four Tops, and the Temptations around at the same time, so they're kind of lost in the mix. But when you look at great vocal groups of that era and great soul bands, they're great. I think they're very good. I'm not sure they're great. I think, but they're sort of the last of those breed of bands that's not in. Um, but, and I don't, you know, um, we've had this conversation before, Alan. I don't listen to tons of Iron Maiden, but even I know that they should be in. <laughs> right, right. I mean, I mean, how many hard rock, and you could argue that bands like Soundgarden wouldn't be around if there wasn't an Iron Maiden. Right, right absolutely. I mean, they're, uh, how, how much work do they have to do to get in? I right. mean, you know, and right. what's great about the hall is that sometimes I go back and revisit artists. Like I've been revisiting a lot of Iron Maiden stuff and went back and listened to a lot of Warren Zevon this week um, just to kind of get a feel for, you know, some of the artists. So it does have a positive effect on this. And I did kind of went back and look at Cindy Lauper and I'm glad Alan brought this up because I couldn't find anything after the first two records um, that really like pushed the needle for me. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I had a conversation with someone and they're like, well, they're going to put Cindy Lauper in, but not Madonna. And I'm like, well, it's they're different. You know, there's this whole, like, what vocalist do you put in, not put in thing? And I'm like, I'm just not sure. Um, I I think actually Madonna would be a, a far stronger candidate than exactly. Yeah, and that's what that, that that was the point is that why is how how's it going this way, right? Right. Why is it her before? But you know, I guess part of Cindy Lauper's thing outside of the first two albums and the touring is her songwriting. Uh, pedigree and outside work, you know. Um, Plus, she has those like skincare commercials now. Yeah. What is it? <laughs> no, it's a drug. It's for like a, a, uh, ulti I don't know, whatever. Like a drug. It's psoriatic arthritis. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Really? That's it's something like that. It's one of those like. Money changes everything. And you got to That's true. That's very true. You know, but also, you know, Cindy Lauper did pretty much anything she could do to promote that record, that first record when it came out. Right. You know, from well the wrestling, bad. from the wrestling <laughs> to she was, you know, she was all over MTV. Yep. Also, you know, those like hot hit videos and Saturday night video things. She actually showed up to those shows to introduce her own videos. Um, you know, she really worked her first she did, and she, she looked she was in that band for so long beforehand that just yeah. was, you know should have broken and didn't so i mean i understand but and i think she's a definitely an influence on a lot of women mm -hmm. um oh, 100%. you know so there's there's definitely a, a place for her i think but uh yeah i mean yeah. In and, and when i said all that stuff i wasn't saying that i don't think she should be yeah i think that it's just yeah. an interesting way to I think look it's interesting at too. yeah yeah. You know, how, how much the, the, the actual work weighs, you know what I mean? So 
I want to get to another one really quickly because I think this is going to be an interesting discussion, and that is Joy Division and New Order. I was going to just say that too. First of all, why do uh, they're they're nominated together as like one unit? Should they be? Should they not be? I don't think they should be. I, well, I kind of. Well, you know, they also, they also did um, a while ago. I, I went to two induction ceremonies, and they did yes. the small faces and the faces together. Yes, yes, huh. which was even weirder. Well, I, I think they do it in instances like that where both bands were like Joy Division was usually influential, but they didn't meet the criteria of twenty years and the albums, right? So this is a way of like, well, you put New Order and Joy, putting them both together, sort of acknowledges. Um, both of the bands at once, and I get yeah. it, but I'm not sure you put in New Order without Joy Division yet. Um, but I'm not, you know. But do you put Joy Division in on their own because they they weren't around? You know, they yeah, burned the out. Well, but yeah. but neither were the Sex Pistols. They yeah, were around right. for five minutes, but their Im- impact was enormous. Yeah, and I think that's the same for the Joy Division. But I think that you could have nominated New Order on yeah. their own, but I don't think that that saying new order represents the full sort of continuity of that sort of act, you know? Yeah. So I think that joy division might not have ever been nominated on their own. So it's, I think it's good that they're being sort of coattailed with. Yeah. And new I order. think, you know, and I think too, if they put in new order, they have the baggage of Ian Curtis and then the, the answer 10,000 frigging questions about it. And people, you know, because of the way he he died and the way that band broke up, people forget what a lyricist he was, and also what a bomb that was that went off when that band broke. Right? It was just like nothing else that was around. Right? Mm. Um, it arguably created the the whole Manchester music scene um, that we all know and, and and hear about now, and. You know, it's interesting, you know, once they put Depeche Mode in, everyone pretty much figured, okay, New Order's next. And their body of work is certainly interesting. The other sub-drama of that is, will Peter Hook play and be nice, and will Peter Hook play with New Order? That is like, everyone thinks that if there's going to be an olive branch between the two New Order camps, that this is going to be it. So that that's the whole drama of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And there are people voting for New Order and Joy Division just to have that that drama play out, right? <laughs> it's like their soap opera for the for the for the awards. Like when Blondie got in, and yeah, <laughs> yeah, she would she wouldn't let. Uh, I can't remember who the other guy was. Frank, one of the the keyboardist. Frank Infante, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He was begging her on stage, and she was like, "Nope, no way." <laughs> it was really uncomfortable. Really, oh, were you at that one? No, you have to look it up though. It's okay, incredibly uncomfortable. Oh, okay. Um, last year. Uh, you know, Pat Benatar is, uh, she started in 78 or nine. I don't remember when the first album came out. Um, but they were, she and uh, Neil, her husband and guitar player and co-songwriter and blah, 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 uh, were inducted as a duo. Yes. So Last none year. of the band members got included in the induction which I thought was a really interesting move because their original lineup was together for five years or so. They were definitely part of that sound, you know, of Pat's first four or five albums. Definitely and, like Myron Grombacher and all. Well, yeah. and it was a super classy move that they had Myron come yes. and play on stage in their performance, at least because, well, they're best friends and he's the godfather of their kids and all this kind of stuff. But he was part of that original lineup of, of, of band members that didn't get included by them being uh, counted only as a duo. Mm-hmm. Well, here's the, super interesting. Here's a strange thing is Bruce Springsteen got in very early. He got in yeah. in the eighties, I think right. Late eighties, but the E street band wasn't inducted until like 2014 or something like that because right. they their name wasn't on any album until the double live album or the triple live album from the late 80s. Mm. Okay. So their their 25 years started then. Yeah. So when they 25 years passed, so probably her backing band had no chance of getting in because she didn't have a, a name. 
you know well, they didn't have a name for the band yeah it's, it's not like the attractions or something like that you know mm. yeah that's true but when alice cooper got in the band was originally called alice, alice cooper. cooper that's true you know and then when he went solo he just basically took the name with him and right. i am now alice i mean he was always alice cooper but he was just the singer in the band alice cooper yeah so that was an interesting situation as well yeah i don't know what the criteria how they would pick you know something like that maybe whatever, the they, band. whatever they want well yeah it, that's really the case because there's been so many different combinations of people like uh when yes was inducted it was oh, the God. original lineup plus some of the 80s people you know because trevor rabin was a huge part of yeah. uh yeses but in, in a lot of the cases you don't get anything but the original lineup when Hart was inducted their original lineup was included and they said well we want to include the the two guys who came in in the 80s because yeah. they were part of our enormous success in the 80s and the rock hall said no yeah so why would trevor rabin be included if those other two guys weren't well because he was a songwriter and a lead singer that's why right well we had the same discussion on our podcast yeah uh, about whether or not john rutsey should have been inducted with rush sure of course sorry steph we're talking about rush i'm sorry so that's going to um, hijack no, the show. Gonna hi there was going to be kidding. on a tangent. <laughs> and, you know, there's a, a case to be made that he, he was with the band for a very long time, from like 68 till 74, which is a very right. long time to be with the band. But he only recorded the one album, and it's probably right. Rush's weakest album. <laughs> and not the yeah. ones that they're really known for that made them Rush. So, yeah, yeah I don't know. Exactly. It, I, mean, I think they it's didn't, like subjective, real subjective. It yeah. is, exactly. They didn't become Rush until Neil Peart joined yeah. the following year and recorded the second album and wrote all the lyrics and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, But I think Rutsy 100% should have been included. So do I. Yeah. Cheers. Yeah. <laughs> right on. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, Kiss was inducted and only the four members were inducted. Yes, the, the original, original four members. And yeah. and it was uh Gene Simmons wanted um I think Eric Carr to be yeah. inducted as well, but yep. the the hall said no. I don't know why the hall has veto power over I who know. gets in when I, the band wants them to get in. I don't understand exactly. that at all. And the interesting thing is that Eric Carr was in the band as the drummer longer yeah, right. than Peter Chris was. You also, know? like seriously, what do, what is it to the uh Hall of Fame if the right, band right. wants some one more guy in, you know? Right. <laughs> I guess Sorry. they have to produce one more trophy. <laughs> yeah. oh, we don't what want do to you, produce another trophy. What do you get for getting in the Rock Hall of Fame? Do you get a trophy? A you, get that little, you get that little trophy. You, I don't know if everyone in the band does. Maybe a but... bag of frozen peas? What <laughs> hug, and, hug and a happy meal. <laughs> yeah. Hug and a happy meal. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly worthwhile. Yeah. I I think, uh, I'm going back to Warren Zevon again. I mean, I yeah, think just you. on the strength of that last album, which is a heartbreakingly amazing oh, and sad. And that is. song, uh, Keep Me In Your Heart. Mm. Oh, that that alone should get the guy in. But yeah. he had, you know, what? I don't know, 10, 12 albums. So he, talk about a body of work. He really. Right. And I had big he, hits that other artists had recorded. Yeah. You know? Songwriter, yeah. yeah. And, and also... So, Hugely influential on everyone from Suffering Stevens to Beck to, you know, later. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Right. And I, I think that he, regardless of where he shows up in the fan vote, and there is a big fan like community, there's a big push for mm -hmm. Zevon. And I, I think that he is going to get in, whether it be through the voting body or it's through one of the special committees. I think that he will get in because this has been long overdue. I agree. And I think that he is just one of those figures that, you know, is so important that I don't know. He, he might not. I shouldn't say that. I think he will. He well, might I think not. he will. I think he will, too. I just want to do this uh, touches on the generational gap, because when Jerry and I were talking on the phone yesterday and um, his daughter <laughs> is Emma 17 now. Right, Jerry? Yes. Yeah. OK, so Emma was reading out the list of of all the inductees and. It was so cute because she said Warren Zevin because yeah, she doesn't right. know who, right? Like, so I think there's a whole thing about who's voting, you know, fan wise, just who's voting. Yeah. Um, I think generally, like, I feel like older people 
like our age are the voters rather yeah. than, you know, maybe teenagers. I could be wrong. Does does she vote, Jerry? Does, does I she don't care? think she's voting. She doesn't care. No. Yeah. I mean, well, probably I from the list, the only people she knows would be Maiden because I listen to them and uh, yeah. Rage Against the Machine because I listen to them a lot, Soundgarden and right. The Stripes. Right. But, for teenagers, nobody from their generation gets inducted because you have to be at least 25 years into your career. True. So right. you aren't going to see Dua Lipa or yeah, they don't know, whoever. They might not you know. care as much anyway. Exactly. Right. It's not really geared toward them. It's someone yeah. who's been invested in the music scene for longer. Yeah. And, and, has and this is where it's going to get interesting, too, because the music careers now of artists are not longer, not as long. And the sort of public absorption of popular music and keeping it around is much shorter because of the whole development yes. of short attention spans. So are they going to have to amend that 25 year thing later? Mm -hmm. I mean, there's somebody like Taylor Swift that obviously would meet that. Right. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, what do you do about musicians later that, you know, had like 20 or 30 pop hits in like a seven year span and just didn't do anything. Yeah. Right. right. Um, it's good. They're going to, it's going to get I interesting. Mean, in about look 10 at years. the Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> but the Beatles are the Beatles. Relatively <laughs> short career, but a shit ton of yeah, you know, yeah, hits and stuff. Yeah, I, I I'm personally rooting for Cheryl Crow too because I just think she's she's got an amazing bunch of albums. She's a really great songwriter. She's got an, a crazy ass voice. Like it's so good. And I don't know. She just she to me, is somebody who really deserves it. So I hope she gets in. Well, when it comes to influence, is she a, has she been a big influence? On me? Well, I'll oh, say you. on me she has. Of course, you. But yeah. I mean, like, if, if, <laughs> it's one of the, if it's one of the things we bemoan about the inductees is that who has the influence of their, you know, their career mm -hmm. to influence other people to get in in the first place. Mm -hmm. Does Has Sheryl Crow done that? Does she have that kind of influence on people? Has she influenced a bunch of people? I think she and has. That's an interesting point because that's something that, you know, I'm in a lot of like Facebook groups and stuff for classic rock bands. And, you know, they always make these lists and fucking Eddie Trunk too, always makes these <laughs> lists of people who are real rock bands who aren't in the Hall of Fame. And yeah. a lot of the same names keep coming up. Styx, REO Speedwagon, you know, those kind of bands. And I am a huge Styx fan. But do they really need to be in the? I mean, not right. every band that's ever existed can be <laughs> yeah. in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I know we, and, we don't need Jackal in the Hall of Fame. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm going to debate you on that. No, I'm. <laughs> what about White Lion? White Lion. White Lion. Come on, really? No, thank you. Kicks. Kicks, <laughs> right? Jesus. Two X's and kicks. Um, <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, you know, I, it's a breakfast cereal. I think <laughs> if you look at artists like Angel Olsen or Sharon Van Etten. Or Phoebe Bridgers now, you mm. can see the influence of Cheryl Crow, whether or not that is enough to get her in or not. Um, but you know, there really hasn't. Steph, please don't fight me. I'll um, fight you. I, I would argue that probably we haven't really looked at the singer-songwriter the same way since the, the female singer-songwriter the same way since the start of the Me Too movement, right? I think that that sort of galvanized critics and music consumers and musicians about how they look at women who write songs. And Sheryl Crow was doing all of that way before this whole movement. She was saying the same things, the same messages, and standing up for the same stuff before that movement sort of started. Mm -hmm. So I think that might be one of the things that might get her a little more attention. Hmm. That's interesting. I didn't think about it That's like that. Possibility. That's a possibility. I, you know, I just, I just don't think, I don't think she's going to get in. I just I don't I mean, think, think she should, but I just don't think she will. Um, I think it'll be like a, on a, another year when she's nominated again. Yeah, maybe. I don't she, think is it's going to be first nomination? time in. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, she's most of this list, like like eight of these. I think it's eight or ten of these are first time nominations. OK, which is uh, except for that first year that they ever did the first few years. This is this is kind of a, a, a brand new list yeah. mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. And I, and I think, too, and I purposely haven't talked to a couple of people I know who vote to get their opinions because I wanted a sort of fresh perspective that was un untainted. But I often wonder, too, that if the critics who are voting are like, OK, Let's get Kate Bush and Warren Zeven in, and then we're done with these conversations. 
and then we can move on to other ones because <laughs> they need to get in because you know well, I mean, no, I mean, this, every about, year we have yeah. these conversations about artists that need yeah. to get in but the you know they have there are certain ones that keep coming up mm -hmm. every single year and after a while it's like guys you got to deal with this right what um well rush was one of those yeah yeah that, that kept coming up because they kept not getting nominated yeah not even nominated right right and kiss for the longest time you know and and there's a lot of them that that finally did get in yes was one of them and the bullshit about that is that they farted around for 10 or more years to nominate yes and it wasn't until after the founder chris squire died yeah that mm. they got in yeah Ugh. that's sad yeah. The only guy to be on every record. On, uh, he, he was the only guy who was the hair the whole time. Yeah. Ugh, what do you guys think about Rage? Me. Because uh, I feel like they're super influential, but do you? Yeah, yeah I do too. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. They Maybe. were, you know, they were, they, I guess, rap metal. Yeah. Not like, not like the crappy rap metal. You totally. Know, they weren't were Limp Biscuit. <laughs> Yeah. You know I mean? <laughs> like no way like i think i talked about this on a previous podcast like you could feel the rage the literal yeah. rage that they that zach you know voice yeah. conveyed and yeah. they were fucking pissed and, oh. and morello too i mean just oh uh, yeah he's like uh, this might sound like sacrilege to some of you but guitar wise he's like hendrix for christ's sake you know what mm -hmm. i mean like I he mean, took the instrument to a completely different level i yeah. think if you put the foo fighters in you have to put rage in yeah. Yeah. But I think that they brought a sense of social commentary and social awareness mm -hmm. to music that at the time was not being done. And I think, you know, Rage really sort of what people don't really think about is Rage had a profound influence on a lot of hip hop artists. Oh, yeah. And how they used outside sources like guitars and production and also, you know, just getting their message out there because, like, um, they were in your face. They were really, really in your face way more than any other band at their time, much more so than, than like Soundgarden. But I don't know if that is going to hurt them because sometimes people don't like bands that like have an agenda. Right. So I don't know if that hurts them or not. It shouldn't. Right. But at the same time, I think the rock hall eats that shit up. Yeah. You know, yeah. they eat up crossing genres and they eat up having a social message because at, at the very least, it produces a good soundbite for when you're doing your like uh, your video package to introduce the act and give the little history of the act. I think that that's where mm -hmm. that's a definite strength for them. And I would like it to be. But um, yeah. there's a lot of conservative people that are voting for the hall. It was difficult, you know, for a lot of other artists to come in that had social messaging because this old vanguard group of people would just fly their flag on like, well, they were too controversial. You know, I was just right. like, come on. Um, they're I don't good. Know. I don't, I'm not sure that they're in the first ballot, though. I just don't. Yeah, I can, I can see that happening. It, it just reminds me of this thing on Twitter once is that when it was a few years ago and Tom Morello, you know, with being Tom Morello, Right. <laughs> and somebody tweeted at him, you know, I love Rage Against the Machine, but keep your politics to yourself. Oh, right. And so somebody responded, what do you think they were raging uh, against? Washing machines? <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. I remember that. That was so funny. That is, oh, that's so genius. <laughs> but I, I would know, love really, to see, did I would you love ever to listen to one in. song? You know? yeah, have you ever listened to one song? I just saw them when they, on their tour. Uh -huh. this past year and they were still as great as ever i mean they had they only had four albums and one of them was a covers album yeah, yeah. so but right the songs that are on those albums yeah unbelievable so, i wonder yeah. if they have a fan base that's going like iron maiden you know does to, to propel them a bit yeah i, I don't know i don't uh, know maybe i mean they um, toured they haven't had now mount since I don't know what the late '90s, maybe. Mm -hmm. I don't know when Renegades was the last one. That was the covers album. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure when it came out. Yeah, but they haven't been around in 20 plus years, and they yeah. were still selling out. You know, Madison yeah. Square Garden. So yeah, right, exactly. Just a huge generational artist that I think left such a impact on the people that listen to them. That I think that's that's their strength. And the mu and the and music that came after, yeah, like and the, the fact that the bands that sort of copied their style were also so incredibly. 
fucking horrible. Yeah, <laughs> really. Like corn, stain, limp biscuit. You know, um, I thought you said sting. I'm like, no, no. What? Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like there's so many of those like new metal band things yeah. that came up. Oh, God, it was yeah, terrible stuff. Yeah, basically like Woodstock 99. I know, <laughs> right? Woodstock <laughs> we were talking 99. about that on our other podcast, but <laughs> yeah. so Jerry. I want to. I want you to tell us a little bit about your experience going to the induction ceremonies that you saw. Oh well, the first one I went to, of course, I went to see Rush. Well, so we flew, we flew out to L.A. and that was great because it was Rush, but it was also Heart. Yeah. Um, I can't remember who else is on there. Ran- oh, Randy Newman was there. Mm-hmm. Donna Summer, Albert King, and um, oh, Public Enemy. That was the other one. Great. Right. Okay. (laughs) Um, Going there is great. Like I shit on Rock Roll Hall of Fame for a long time, you know, because of all the stupid politics like you, like we were talking about, (laughs) but going there is, is great. Going to the induction ceremony is great. It's a little long. Mm -hmm. I mean, Oh yeah. It's over long. And then I went, I went the year Rush was inducted. And then I think I went the following, I think it was the following year when Nirvana was inducted. That was in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. And that's also when the the E Street Band was inducted, and mm. Bruce and the E Street Band played for like forty five minutes, and wow. ruined the whole fucking show. Oh. It was so long. It took yeah. so long. I mean, how it, Rosalita <laughs> by itself was like twelve minutes, <laughs> right? And they played two other songs. It's like Bruce, but you know, it's great because the the place is filled with music fans. Right. I have a question. I always wonder about this. When you're, are you in the balcony? Is that where you oh, sit? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, is it only fans up there or what? How yeah. do they seat people? What is this literal what seating arrangement for that whole thing? I'm sure on the floors, you know, it's all stars. It's you all, don't, there's no all, fans on the floor. No, I think it's all industry people. Huh. Okay. At the tables, definitely, you know, there are tables in the yeah. front. So that's, that's all the nominees and right. all the presenters and anybody who's anybody. Do you know what I mean? John, yeah, but you don't John get Mayer was there one year. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> people who just have, I'm just saying the people who are just like in the business. But you, but you don't see who's really behind those tables. So I was just wondering, do fans get to sit right there or no? Is that probably? I, I can't imagine. Yeah. No, I think they only sell the tickets, you know, in the, the peanut balcony. gallery to the, the rest of us. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's great because everybody's there. You know, sometimes you go to concerts and people are talking throughout the concert. I don't know why. But people are there to see music. Yeah. Music fans. So it's great. Hmm. I recommend everybody go, even though I don't like the Hall of Fame. And I recommend you go to the actual Hall of Fame. Have you ever been to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? No. I was hoping to this year and I did not get to go. So next year, that's my goal. And I'm hoping that the induction ceremony is back at the Rock Hall yeah this this next time because i wanted to go to see that and i i was so big on seeing last year's show and it ended up being in la and it was just i just couldn't do it yeah so i'm hoping that it's going to be at the rock hall again the museum obviously i was dead set against going to see the museum a rock and roll museum yeah but when I got there, I, I loved it. Yeah. It was incredible. I can't Just wait to the see it. Things that they have on display. They had the couch that Jimi Hendrix used to practice on when he was a kid oh, from God. his living room. They had um they had an invitation to Janice Joplin's funeral. Oh my gosh. Wow. They had they had the the acoustic guitar that Tom Morello wrote um Killing in the Name of <laughs> on. Wow. You yeah. Know? And they also yeah. had like U2s, like those cars. I think that they used to hung up from the ceiling. I think it was on, I don't know if it was on Octung Octung Baby, Octung Baby. Baby tour. So they had those hanging from the ceiling. I mean, it was just incredible. And yeah. when you haven't, have you gone in recent years when the, the big no. Beatles exhibition has opened? No. Oh, they had Ringo's un- original drum kit too. Yeah. Oh. But apparently this, this, <laughs> The current Beatles exhibition is like off the chart. Really? And I, I can't know. wait to see that. Yeah. Yeah. It was amazing. Rob, you've been or you haven't to we're going we're going in June. Okay. Um, I there's a guy I used to work with who is in their PR department, and I'm hoping that 
find a time to get in when it's not crowded. And yeah, I'm planning two days for it. So yeah, mm-hmm. you definitely need. Two I, days. I think it's going to mm-hmm. be like I think it's going to be a lot like like when I went to the Country Music Hall of Fame when I was in Nashville. It was a day and a half, and it was awesome. When I went to um, DC and went to the Smithsonian and saw like a lot of their popular music stuff, it was awesome. But I think this is going to like take all of that and like magnify it. Yeah. yeah, I had a 20 minute conversation with one of the docents, you know, mm-hmm. just like the people who oh, volunteer yeah. to walk around and, and point yeah. things out to you because they had ACDC in this in this um, display as a heavy metal band. And I was like, this isn't a heavy metal band. And we talked for like 20 minutes. He was just like, well, you know, they're in. I'm like, no, they're not a heavy metal band. And we just had like this mini argument about ACDC being a heavy metal band yeah. or not. When I retire from my profession, I am going to move and I am going to be a volunteer docent for the Rock Hall and I will be the ultimate authority on every act that's ever been inducted (laughs) and is on display. And I will have those debates with anybody who wants to have those debates. I came home home and said the same thing to my wife. (laughs) When I'm retired, moving to Cleveland, baby, and I'm yep. going to be a docent at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Cleveland's <laughs> pretty great, but so I look forward to coming up and bothering Alan and questioning the merits of Chilliwack <laughs> being, being in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame with Pablo yep. Cruz. So. Right on, right on, Pablo Cruz, man, come on. <laughs> I mean, here I say that I, I'm in Atlanta. I'm, I say, you know, when I retire, I'm going to volunteer at the aquarium or at the art museum. No, I think I've changed my mind. I think I'm just going <laughs> to move to Cleveland and just immerse myself in rock and roll. This yeah. conversation has changed Alan's life path. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that's the power of our podcast. It is literally life changing. <laughs> so I, that, I have one question. Know. Who, who, what's one band that you think deserves yeah. to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame that you think will never <laughs> be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? <laughs> Because I have oh, one. Man. Steph knows how much I love the Indigo Girls. <gasps> oh, yeah. Oh, you guys God, have that in common. Too, I forgot to oh, tell really? You. Yeah, you guys have the same weird taste like, where you like <laughs> love and rush and then you love the Indigo Girls. I'm, stuff. I'm like, seeing them for the first time in a couple of weeks. Oh, my oh. God. They're so good. I love them They're so much. much. But I don't think they'll ever get in, even though I think they should get in. They'll I think they should, too. I think you're right. And I think, I think equally the B-52s. Oh yeah, I'm actually in a Facebook wow. group like the, that. You know, making them a, a rock and roll hall of fame. You know, um, yeah, not even a nomination, but like you know, they're not. I don't have they ever been nominated. I don't think so. I don't think they have, but whatever. They should totally be in. It's ridiculous. Oh no, maybe they were nominated last year. I feel like it was last year, or the year before. But I don't think so. No. Okay. I, I don't remember. I, I'll have to go back and look, but I yeah. don't remember them being. Um. You know, they're a unique band. Right. Yeah. So I would love to see them in, but I don't think it'll ever happen. And that's okay. You know? That's yeah. Fine. I would, I, off the top of my head, Sonic Youth. Um, yeah. Sonic, yeah. Or My Bloody Valentine. Although, not re- I mean, realistically, no. But because of their influence on that particular genre of music, yeah. um, I don't know how you represent you know that sort of trip hop movement i don't necessarily think portis had a massive attack deserves to go in um yeah. i'm not sure yeah you know um you know but then you've got you've got all these like synthesizer keyboard guys from the 80s and 90s like what do you do what do you do with omd what do you do with soft cell what do you do with the pet shop boys what do you do with right erasure and, and, you know? and some of those i don't know that need to be in I, yeah i just say what do you but at the same time, I was completely shocked when Kraftwerk got in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not that I don't think they deserve it. I just was surprised that was anybody too. on the voting committee felt strongly enough to A, put them on the ticket, and then yeah. B, get enough people to vote for them. I mean, I was just shocked. I would, I would, I wish Anthony was here now, but Sparks, um, mainly because of one, the longevity and the output and, you know, now they're writing a musical, their the second musical, and they made a musical and a film now. And then also just the insane amount of influence they've had on everybody after them. Um, you know, what what do you do is what do you do with like, you know, I'd love to see Laurie Anderson in, but you know, she's so friggin' weird right. to like half the world, you know. Yeah. Um, I, 
I would like to see, I don't think they are, and I don't even think they've been nominated, but X, because to me, they were a really super influential band. A lot of punk bands and bands thereafter that that didn't follow the punk route, you know? And I think, yeah, I think they go in, you know, especially when you look at, you know, the fact of just what they did for that L.A. scene as well, you know. Um, And there wouldn't be a hole, for example, without an X, right? (laughs) Uh, no, I'm just trying to boil this, boil this down to the most common uh, thread. Um, I would argue, although they only had the output is not strong enough, but I would argue that maybe the Aquanetas um, <laughs> should go in. God. But, you know, I, I also, all of our, you know all of our think, one and a half albums. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think Linda Perry should go in. You do? Just, just for the amount of work, just for – she's probably more of a target for the songwriting hall. Songwriting, yeah. yeah. That's so right. I come to think of it, but like, yeah. there's a lot of artists like that that like had recording careers that were okay but not great. Yeah, but it's so many other things. Yeah. So thankfully, we also have the songwriting hall of fame. So she's yeah, probably she would her. she would qualify for that. I think. Yeah. You know, I don't know what you do with like Bjork. Um, Nothing. You know, um, <laughs> but there are a lot of people. There's a lot of people. Greg Koch just wrote a really great argument uh, this week in the Tribune uh, for why Bjork go, needs to go in. And um, I think it's Greg Cotter. It was Jim Fuseli. One of these, one of these big music writers this week wrote a thing about mm-hmm. why, and it kind of made me like go, "Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. wait a minute." Um, you know, I think, and I think, you know, there's a lot of people that overlook like you know Thelma Houston or artists like that. There's a lot of these like '70s R&B singers that are sort of not getting properly looked at. Bobby Womack. I'm not sure if Bobby Womack's in. All right. Well, okay. I think that's going to wrap it up for this week. That was a great discussion, and I can't wait to see which of this list of people actually gets nominated. Maybe we'll do another show then when it comes down to nomination time or induction or whatever. I don't know. Um, So we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with our picks of the week. So stay tuned. Drew Leiter here, inviting you to join Cletus Jacobs and I as we journey into a new era of the DC Universe, Dawn of the DC. Join us each week as we review comics, television, and movies. There might even be a surprise guest or two along the way. Thanks for your continued support, and we look forward to talking more DC with you. The Earth Station DCU podcast comes out weekly and is part of the ESO Network. All right, we're back. So, uh, Rob, there is someone that you wanted to discuss before we go into our picks of the week. So take it away. Yeah. So January 28th, we lost Barrett Strong. Um, You know, this year has been terrible because we're losing people like Tom Verlaine and all these like huge artists. But we're also losing all of these incredible songwriters and people that sort of made records that we all sort of just know in popular culture. Uh, Barrett Strong was a was a house songwriter for Tamiya and uh, Motown Records. And in addition to making his own records, right, like Money, That's What I Want, that's his biggest single for himself. But I heard it through the grapevine, War, Just My Imagination, Ball of Confusion, Papa Was a Rolling Stone. Um, I'll stop there. But wow. he wrote like just a ton of records. His, out, his output of music, uh, even some that he did with um, Norman Whitfield, it's just it's insanely prolific. Um, and I just wanted to acknowledge that because it's, you know, these, these artists that write songs are sometimes overlooked, but mm-hmm. when they, when, when their can their canon of work is that robust, I think it's kind of something that needs to be mentioned. So. Definitely. Yeah. Something, especially, like I said before, when you were reading that list to us, even one of those songs is <laughs> You know, mm-hmm. it's amazing. And, well, you know, I heard the grapevine was a hit for two people. So, yeah, we're just losing a lot of really important yeah. people. And it's very sad. Yeah. All right. Well, let's jump from that into our picks of the week. What have we been listening to? What have we been reading? What have we been watching this past week? Who wants to take it away? Jerry? Jerry, let Jerry Why don't go. you do Want it? Take it away? Okay. Why don't you? What have you been consuming this week? I was listening to a band called Inhaler. I don't know if you ever heard yes. of them. Yes, buddy. Uh, they have a new, I don't know if it's an EP. It's like three songs on it that I just saw the other day. Um, especially a song called um, Love Will Get You There, I think, or something like that. Now, uh, at Inhaler, the lead singer of Inhaler is Bono's 
son. Son. Yeah. Right. Elijah. So he, and he sounds exactly like Bono. So if you could just kind of get past <laughs> that just a little bit, you know, and, and forget that it's not, but he sounds, I'm telling wow. you, Steph, ex exactly. Oh my God. Like, okay. I have to hear it. It's crazy. Yeah. They're really good. Really yeah. Good. They're really good. Um, and I was also listening to this guy named Andrew Bird. I don't know if you ever heard of him. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'd only heard about him like a month ago. Oh, cool. So I've been listening to, um, one of his albums constantly. He's been, he's been around for a few minutes. Yeah, yeah, he's been around for a while. Yeah. I'm surprised I never heard of him before. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I'm watching that show. This the left was it the story of us? No, not the story of us. Oh, the last of us. The last of us. Yeah, yeah, that's been getting a lot of attention. Yeah, it's like The Walking Dead, only good. Yeah, <laughs> I do want to see it. Yeah. So, and cool. There was a Linda Ronstadt song that featured in the this. Yes. This past week's episode that's been getting a lot of attention. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So good for her. Yep. yep. Cool. All right, Steph. All right. I Rob turned me on to a band, which I should know because they've been around since 1993. <laughs> <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> so where have I been? But it's Quasi. Um, oh, yeah. From Portland. And the song, well, the song that he sent me is called Doom Scrollers which I actually was just watching the video kind of obsessively because it is like, it to me, it just reminds me of like an anti-Tears for Fears sowing the seeds of love. It's like the, that kind of animation, but it's all really crazy, like dark. And I, one spot on amazing little feature in that video is that there's multiplying lantern flies throughout the video, which is just like <laughs> so perfect. It was just such a little great touch, but there's a lot of little weird, great touches in that in the video. So it's pretty, it's a pretty dark song, but um, I really liked, I really liked the um, harmonies and I thought that it was so catchy after just one listen. I, I felt like I knew the song. So I, the album's coming out. It's called breaking the balls of history. That's coming out on the 10th. What a great title. <laughs> that is like amazing title. I love it. That's it's a genius just for the album title alone. I would buy it and it's coming out on the 10th on sub pop. And I want to say that we also watched a movie last night called Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. <gasps> yeah. Oh, yeah. That was great. And I was thinking as I was watching the movie that it almost, I feel like the quasi song should be the soundtrack for that movie. Because <laughs> it was like, <laughs> they kind of matched up in this weird way. I mean, I don't know. That that movie was so moving. There was, it, to me, it was a whole bunch of stories, like a, a a love story. It was a mother daughter relationship story. It was a family relationship story. And it was just also like, why the fuck are we on this earth kind of story? Why are we in existence? And it, I, it, it blew me away. It, I can't even imagine how, what the budget for that film must've been to right. put that together. It blew me away. So that the, those two things are my picks. All right, Robert. So, uh, I'm going to go to, um, the first place we don't think of when we think of, um, new music for, coming from and that is costa rica hmm. um there's a band called los robertos um and they've signed uh with canine and their album is out here uh it's called love is the answer uh it's sort of like hazy and distorted kind of rock and stuff you'd love it it's sort Wait, of like you played them on your show this week didn't you yes i did i, I heard it yeah yeah um, but it's produced by Owen Morris, who produced The Verve and Oasis and a lot mm -hmm. of those bands. So they put out a bunch of EPs before, but getting it's a case of a producer getting them in a studio and really focusing their sound and getting them to like make a record that's not all over the place, right? And it's it's really good. So I want to recommend that. Also, um, I'm not sure if anybody here has ever heard of this guy. His name is John Cale. Um, <laughs> he's been making records for about 60 years. Um <laughs> But his new album, Mercy, it's his 17th album, and he's got uh, Actress, Fat White Family, Animal Collective, and a bunch of other people on it, too. It's, I mean, he hasn't made a record, I think, in 10 years, but it's really, really good, so I want to recommend that. One of the things that needs to stop people is stop putting things on cassette only. <laughs> <laughs> I, had, I got multiple labels this week send me releases on cassettes, and they didn't put the they're not releasing it in a digital format. It's only going to be on the cassette. Right? Really? Which is like, what are you doing? Right. Right. But having said that, there's a band called weird numbers. Uh, they're from uh, Seattle and they live in LA and they have a self-titled thing coming out. They have a song though called soda. That's actually really, really good. 
Um, it's really good sort of post-punk. It'd mm-hmm. be great if they like made it in a format people could could hear, but um, <laughs> it's really terrific. Uh, so I want to recommend that. And then this week we got a drop of uh, just a tasting, I think four to six songs from Boy Genius, uh, which I'm super excited yes. about. I'm so glad you brought that up. I'm so excited. It's a super group of Lucy Dacus, Phoebe Bridgers, and Julian Baker. Um, the album's coming out, I think, March 3rd. It's called The Record. And they have a song that's sort of out now that's really making the making the rounds called $20. But it's it's really amazing. Um, it's a record they, you probably need to listen to. And, and they've been getting a hell of a lot of press. Yeah. Like there's been a big press push on this this past week. Uh, magazine covers and all kinds of stuff. So, uh-huh. Yeah. It's really, really, it's, from what I've heard, it's incredible. And I'm really looking forward to that. And then the last thing is, is something, it's a deep dive I did not expect to take this week. Um, 40 years ago, this, uh, this week, Karen Carpenter died. Yeah, that's right. right. And, you know, I, I've heard the hits. I grew up hearing them in in the house and stuff, but I finally dug into uh, the essential carpenters, which apparently I own. Um, (laughs) There you go. And so on cassette. Uh, <laughs> eight track, um, eight track and reel to reel, uh, and then a mini disc. Um, but I, I sort of like started to listen to some of those songs again, right? Mm. Um, and it's just like, wow, it's a great what, compilation. An, what an amazing singer! And um, mm. just to talk about two people that just have a chemistry for making records, you know. I mean, you talk about the white stripes being, you know, the, like. Go back and look at the Carpenter's kids and come back. Hell yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's it. Yeah. And speaking of somebody who's not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Mm. Oh, wow. Yeah. Mm. Um, all right. That's a, that's a good list of stuff. Um, okay. So this, I was going to say this week, but actually today, February 5th, the second single from Peter Gabriel's upcoming album. The, the song is called The Court. And it came out today on a Sunday, oddly enough. Um, At the same time, a video came out, uh, sort of a behind the scenes of the the making of the song and what the song is about and all this kind of stuff. So good. Oh, my God, it's so good. This album, of course, he hasn't done a new album in 20 years. So this album is like when you say long awaited, this one is long awaited. And from what we heard from it so far, the first two singles that have been out are just phenomenal. And I think this one is even better than the first single he put out. I think this is just killer. Yeah. And I am super excited to hear the rest of this album. So looking forward to that. And really, other than that, this week, um, I've been in a super classical mood. I've been in a real symphonic mood. So I've been digging into a lot of my collection and just going back to, you know, you know, those younger bands, those those early influencers like Beethoven and you know, <laughs> Shostakovich and all those guys. And, um, you know, over COVID, well, you know, I always like to do these like stupid little like countdowns on my Facebook page, like my top 10 favorite, whatever the fucks. And so over COVID, I did a bunch of them just to keep myself busy, you know, just to entertain myself. And I was doing like my 50 favorite prog rock epics and all this kind of shit. So I've actually put together a list of my top 10 favorite symphonies. And then I'm working on a top 10 list of my favorite non-symphony symphonic works uh that i will probably put out at some point but, cool. but i've been in a like a just a big orchestral mood this week so that's been a lot of my listening brahms and you know all that kind of stuff if you love that world uh alan you should probably see tar oh you know that's on my list to see we saw that this week or last yeah. week yeah and um it's an interesting sort of world yeah that that movie functions in but if you love classical music you'll love that yeah All right, so that is us for this week. So before we cut out, let's all say where people can find more about us. Um, Steph, get it rolling. All right, Uh, you can find me on Facebook at Stephanie Seymour Music, on Instagram at there underscore are underscore birds. I have a website also, thereirebirds.com, and you can find me on Bandcamp under my name, 
um, and all the streaming platforms too. Woohoo! Woohoo! Okay, Rob. Hey, kids. Uh, you can find me on uh, the Book of Face and Twitter and uh, Post under my name. Uh, also, if you have a radio or a device that plays audio sounds, not a telegraph. Um, or a cassette player. Or a cassette player. <laughs> you can uh, listen to me on the radio on Wednesdays from 7 to 9 Central on Juxtaposition on KDHX. If you're busy or working or have a life, um, the shows are archived for two weeks. So you can go back and listen to any show that you want for two weeks and kind of check that out and go from there. I am going to interject at this point that our buddy Anthony, who is normally with us, has a, another podcast called Watchers in the Fourth Dimension. And it is a watch through of Doctor Who from the very beginning. And they are currently in season 13, which is Tom Baker's second season. And uh, it's a fantastic show. So if you're a Doctor Who fan, go look for that. Jerry, where can people hunt you down? Well, you can listen to all 175 episodes if you want to, <laughs> uh, which surprisingly people are still doing. I'm very surprised. Oh, I'm um, sure. Uh, at somethingfornothing.podbean.com or just in any of your podcasting apps, Something for Nothing, a Rush fancast. Awesome. Great yeah. show, by the way. And so I've got a website that I've spent a lot of yesterday revamping. Uh, it is now called Cosmic Creative. Cosmic is spelled with a K and a Z for some stupid ass reason. Cosmiccreative.com. <laughs> and it's a big uh, conglomeration of all my books, all the books by other authors that I've published, and all the podcasts that I do. So go check that out. Okay, we will be back next week. And next week, I'm so excited because it's one of our one of our yearly anniversary shows. We're going to dial the knob on our time machine back 50 years, and we're going to talk about the albums of 1973. Can't wait. Till then, everybody have a great week. Keep rocking on, and we will see you around the bend. Take care. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.